0: So, First John chapter 3, we we'll are going to start reading about verse 11. For this is the message that ye heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother. And wherefore slew he him, because his own works were evil, and his brother's righteous. Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hate you. We know that we have passed from death into life because we love the brother. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer, and ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. That's where we'll stop reading, right there. Verse 14 says, we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. And I thought about the first two words of that verse, we know. And I've made this statement often, the older I get, the more I realize, the less I know. Things that I thought I had figured out in my younger days, I realized that I don't know very much about them at all. And, uh, but this verse says, We know. And I've seen people go their whole lifetime and struggle with salvation. Just uncertain, just not sure. Let me relay this to you. We know. How do you know, preacher? Because we love the brethren. What does the Bible say God is? God is love. And I want to relay this to you. The more we love one another, the more spirit and power of God will have about us. That's what it takes. That's what He is, is love. And it's not in a great big number. It's not in a big show. And I'm glad we don't try to put one on here. I'm glad we just follow the spirit and power of God. That's what you've got to do to get to it. And if we're going to reach our sinners, how are we going to do it? Love. We're going to have to love. We know. How can you know, preacher? How can you know that you're saved? Because you love people. Dad used to sing a song, and it's in the songbook. You may have sung it here. It is the old-time religion. And one of the verses in the song says, It makes me. Did you hear that? It makes me. Even when the flesh would have a point of contention with someone, even when the flesh would want to to say something argumentative or to say something back in bitterness and anger, it makes me love everybody. That's how I know. That's how I know because I love everybody. Well, preacher, don't you run? Yes, I've run into people that absolutely didn't like me. It didn't matter what I did. It didn't matter what I said. They just didn't like me. But I could love them anyway. And you know what this Bible tells me to do? And you know what another reason we know? Even those that hate me, I can pray for them. That's what it instructs me to do, is to love them and pray for them. The Bible says, For in doing so, you heap fires of coal upon their head. People can't help but notice when you love them. That's the only way, that's the only difference, did you know that, between us and the world. That's the only difference between us and the folks that belong to Satan is L-O-V-E. Well, preacher, how can you say that? There's so much religion, there's so many things in the Bible. God is love. And that's the only way he's noticeable is whenever we show love to to humanity. All right, we know. How else do we know? I'll tell you how I know because when I got down a lost sinner boy, I was afraid of dying and going to hell. I knew if I stayed in my bed and I laid there and did not pray or did not seek help that I would die and go to hell. I was afraid I would not wake up and lift up my eyes in hell like the rich man that we read about in the Bible. I was scared of that country. And Jim, the longer I lay there, that's a simple story, preacher. And You tell that over and over and over. It's my story. Paul told about being on the road to Damascus. I can tell you about being about a mile a hike down that way, kneeling on the little bed, And Jesus speaking peace to my soul. Amen. We know, Bobby had you all come up and stand in a spot where Jesus saved you. Why did you come here? Why did you go here or right over here? Because you know what happened there. Something happened in your life that made a change, that made a difference. And I'm telling you today, it's never the same when you know that you're saved. All right. We know. Let me get back to that story. If I'd have laid there in my bed and I'd have not made a move, I'd have been in hell today. I'd have been burning. And the reason, well, you just ate, preacher. The reason I got that far is through the mercy of the loving God. That's the only reason I got that far. You know how I, I knew I needed help? You know how I knew I needed something that I didn't have? It's because people loved me. Mm -hmm. You heard me talk. This was our pew at Rankin, the third pew back on the right-hand side. And when they had to get done down near the end of the service, tradition most of the time, they'd call for a handshake, and here we'd go around. I'd made that trip a thousand times or more. But that Sunday night... When Mike Strange bounced out from between the pews and rounded the corner of the first one, and I looked up in them elders' eyes, and their countenance was different, and tears were rolling down their face, there was something happened to me in that instant, I became a sinner, and I'm going to tell you something you can hide, you can pretend, you can let all like it. you don't know the difference. If you'll search your heart, you'll know whether you're a sinner or whether you're saved by the grace of God. I looked up, and there was them old men in their countenance. We read about Moses in the Bible, how he glowed. His countenance was so great, and I'm just a shotgun, I guess, everywhere scattered tonight. His countenance was so great, Grady, that he had to wear a veil. In order for the children of Israel just to look upon him, I'm afraid mine's been very dim a long life's way. I'm afraid men hadn't had any trouble looking at me in the eye at all. But I'd love to be like them old men I seen as a boy. When I looked in their eyes and big tears rolling down, their face looked like it was just a glow. I knew I was a sinner. Oh, I didn't get saved in church that night. I went home, and the longer it got up into evening, the more scared I got. Mom and Dad put me to and I seemed like I could just see the flames coming up over the side of the bed but when I got down and I said Jesus please save me with all the fear that I had on me with all the guilt that I had on me about three or four times I said Jesus please save me and then something happened the fear left me I've never 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 been afraid of going to hell since that day why, preacher? Because I know Jesus saved me. Amen. The fear Lamb the guilt was gone. I didn't shout. I didn't have a big glorious testimony. Dad said, do you feel better? And I said, yes, I do. He said, do you want to tell anybody? I said, yeah. I want to go tell my little Sunday school teacher. About 10 o'clock at night, we knocked on the Sunday school teacher's door. Uh, She opened up and I said, I got saved. And a big smile came across Pat Cody's face. I'm telling you, it's good to know. We know. How do we know? Because the Master speaks peace that passes all understanding. We know. In the ship asleep, and the disciples was frightened. Big storm came through, and they went back to our faith. And they said, Master, cares not that we perish. He stepped up on the bow of the ship and spoke three little words, didn't he? Wind blowing, now he was flesh, amen, wind blowing through his hair, water splashing on him Wetting he closed down and he spoke three words, he should be still and the storm ceased. Just like that, we know. I don't have to go back to that little half bed about a mile and a half down this road. I've been through too many storms with his things. I've been through too many troubles and trials, too many heartaches. Then I knelt down. Didn't know where else I was going to go. Didn't know what I was going to do. And the storm raged. It just about blew me down. But I'd fall down on my knees. And cry out to Him. And he'd speak peace. I know. I believe the scripture says. I know my Redeemer liveth. I know. The Bible also says. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. That's me. I know. We know. Because we got salvation. It's not pretense, it's not pretend. it's not a scared religion. Actually, I'm not scared at all. I know. I belong to him. (coughs) My dad's got dementia, he knows who I am. There are things he can't recall, but my whole life, Keith, I'm sure you we were the same way, did everything they could possibly do to make sure that we had everything we needed in life. What do you think he did? We belong to him. We're his child. They were sin- You know what happened? Let me just preach this what happened. It's not a mystery. I was born again. There was a spiritual birth took place. Lord, help me to preach this and I won't be long. There was a spiritual birth took place. When Zion travaileth, you bring forth children. You know what that's talking about? That's talking about me and you. That's talking about the church. We've got little girls, little boys. Men and women that come to Dutch Bottoms, lost and undone without God. Oh, and that that Sunday night at It, I was lost and undone without God. But there had been some folks in my life. The little church, Pat Cody, Tommy Cody... <coughs> John and Frieda Clark, different ones at Rankin, that had prayed for me and begged God to save my soul. I'm telling you today with Zion travailing, have you been praying? Has the Lord brought the little sinner girls to your mind? Have you called out their name and begged God to come and see conviction upon their hearts? Are you in travail? Would you like to see somebody say oh, have you went down to your praying spot wherever it is, and say Lord, please come by this bottom and save our sinners. Oh, in order to be our heart's desire, my prayer to God is for Israel that they might be saved. Oh, what these it all? We get excited about Bible school, don't we? You know why you do? Because the Lord is gracious for them to come save on this altar. Year after year after year. I want to see uh, uh, Fifty saved if we can't do Bible school, but if he just saves one, I'll say thank you, Lord. And if he saves one tonight, don't save any in Bible school, I'll say thank you, Lord. We know you may have a brand new vehicle. But there is not one in the house tonight that can guarantee that if they go out after church put the key in the ignition or push the button or however yours cranks, that that car will turn over. You might have just pulled it off the car lot and drove it down here and parked it tonight. You cannot guarantee me that that car will crank. You may go out and have a a dead battery. My son bought a brand new Chevy Silverado. He hadn't had it three days. Went out, wouldn't crank, wouldn't hit a lick. He tried to boost it off when the thing he could do. New battery, right right down, straight down. It had a part that, that drained the voltage out of it. Had to send it back to the dealership, a brand new vehicle. Folks, you can't guarantee me that when this service is over, you go back to your home and it'll still be standing. It might have burned completely to the ground. My sister left her house to go to town, came back, and it was just a hug. Cinder blocks was all that was left standing a few years ago. There is no promise. You can't guarantee me you'll open your eyes anymore. But if I don't, I know. If I don't, I know. And I've told you, so there I, I hope. I hope I didn't have to tell you. I hope I've had enough God about me where you know what you know already, and you didn't have to have me tell you. I've seen folks. <clears throat> So, I don't know if it was pride or what, but they would have have bumper stickers, license tags, T-shirts. All that's good in this place, I guess. But I shouldn't have to wear a sign for you to know. I know. Amen. I know. You don't have to tell me. I know. I know, Amen. I know you are, Buck. Oh! We know! We know! Ain't that wonderful! Oh, I, and Satan tries to beat us down, say, well, there's just a few of the little old church, and it's not just ours, it's every little old church all around. I can name you churches that had 75, 80, 100, 130, 200, and now they're down to 25 and 30, and Satan tries to beat people down. Read your Bible. It's in there. It talks about a great falling away. But if nobody that I know goes, to church anymore I'm going to go because I know Amen. we know I preached this the other day I guess i got to do it again I'll hush here in a minute it's been a good place to be tonight preacher I just don't know what to do I don't know what God wants in my life God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. I've seen churches, he would do it to this, he wouldn't hold nothing back just because we're Dutch bottoms. I've seen churches pulled apart at the seams, because one wanted this, one wanted that, and nobody stopped to ask what God wanted. We know. You don't have to ask. You should know if you know Him. God is not the author of confusion, but, and see, that's where we want to stop right there. But what's, he author, what's He the author of? But of peace, as in some of our churches. You feel good about being in church tonight? Mm-hmm. You feel that deep-settled peace on the inside? That's God. We know. You know. We know We have passed from death unto life because we love the brother. Now, let me clarify that verse, then I'll hush. We know we've passed from death unto life because we love the brother. What's that talking about from death unto life, preacher? Well, where were you headed? Let's go to Revelations. Blessed is he who has had part in the first resurrection, over which the second death hath no power. I saw that I, John, saw the dead great and small. And the books were opened. And another book was opened. And I can't quote it exactly, but you know the scripture. And every man whose name was not written in the Lamb's book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And this part is quoted exactly. This is... The second death. I don't have part of that. Because I know. I don't have to worry about the fire. Because I know. How about it, Marty? You know what happened on the little altar up the Calvary Tabernacle, don't you? Oh, John, you know what happened right over there. You know oh, there is no doubt. I'm saying to the latter bones if the bank calls, repossesses my car, repossesses my home, I'm living in a cardboard box and nobody wants to have anything to do with me, I've ruined my life and my reputation, well those folks God don't want to do nothing with. He loves them too and if they've ever been born again, they know. We know. Weeping may endure for a night, The joy Cometh in the morning. Wife had cancer. Dark, dark night. Lost her sister. Dark, dark night. Yes, it was. Some of you all faced bad situations in years past, maybe even today. And it may have cut you to the core. Used to sing a song. I've shed many teardrops that's fell on my pillow. But the next verse, the next line says, and I've tasted the goodness of the Lord. Far away is a land for the I know. You don't have to convince me about the gates of pearl and the streets of gold. Right. If it was a dirt floor, my Jesus was already there. People want to argue about how he's coming back, what he's going to do. He's going to call our name. And after that, I don't care. Because I'm going to be with him. You know all that sauce? You know what happens whenever we want to prove how religious we are and how smart we are about the Bible? We send sinners running because they want nothing to do with that contentious religion. And the only way say this, and then I'm done the only way we get them from here. To hell is L-O-V-E. That's the only way to work. Doing it because my dad was a deacon will send me straight to hell. Making a trip to the altar because my dad was a deacon will send me straight to hell. Going to the altar, and I've seen folks do this. Please don't ever do this while I'm your Pastor. They'll get a hold of the poor old sinner man, poor old sinner woman, boy or girl. And they'll say, won't you go pray? Now, come on now. You know you need to pray. Now, come on now. Come on, brother. Let's go up here to go pray. You know you need Jesus in your heart. And they'll pull and pull and pull. Bobby's getting aggravated at me right now. Oh, I'm telling you, folks. You could make sinners mad and angry and (coughs) run them off from the house of God doing things in yourself. If God sends you with a Word... You go speak that word, believe on the law. And if that's what God wants, it'll get up to the altar. It don't matter what I know about you, it's about what you know about me. And if you know you're a sinner, you need to be saved. You felt God's spirit and power here tonight, and I believe about everybody in the house did. If you felt God's spirit and power here tonight, you feel that peace down in your heart, you know. We know. For you know you've passed from death unto life because why is that so important that you love? What, what's, that, what's with that? you got to love. God is love. That's a definition. I had English in school. Went to college and got a credential to teach English. I is means there's a definition going to follow. God is. I've heard men put everything in the world after that. The Bible says God is love. That's why it's important, because we love the brethren. Now, that don't mean we need to let people roll over the top of us or take advantage of us. Sometimes you can do people more harm than you do good by giving them everything they ask for. Sometimes you've heard the old phrase, tough love. Sometimes you just have to say, I love you. And if you need something to eat, I'll be glad to give you something to eat. Or if you need a ride here, I'll be glad to give you a ride. I can't give you money. I can't, can't do that for you because I know what's going to happen. And it's going to come to your hurt rather than your, your help. Love. Love means you actually care. And that you want what's best for people. Not what they want. Alright, we know of all, and I've done this, I did it one day this week, you go to bed and your mind, wheels inside of wheels inside of wheels, thinking about this and then that and then the other, and what you're going to do tomorrow and this project and that project or what this person or that person and your wheels, just keep turning, won't seem to stop at all. Now I may do that tonight. I don't have a clue. I don't know. But I can tell you one thing I won't be worrying about. I won't be worrying about hell. Because I know. Best move I ever made was asking Jesus to save me. I know, Ronnie. And if my eyes don't open in the morning, I know where I'm going. Ain't that wonderful? To have that amount of peace people are afraid to die there's a natural dread of it I'll grant you that but I don't I'm not afraid I know where I'm going I've fought a good fight I've finished my course I have kept the faith henceforth is laid up for me a crown of righteousness I know in whom I have believed and I am persuaded He's able, let me, let me just finish this out with some good old missionary Baptist doctrine. How about that? For I know in whom I believe, and I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that, that I've committed unto him against that day. Bible also says this, our soul is sealed until the day of redemption. You ladies ever can screw that lid down on there and you hear that pop and it don't matter how many years them green beans or that tomato juice or whatever it is your and sets on the shelf it's sealed. Ain't nothing going to get in. Ain't nothing going to get out. If our soul is sealed let me tell you something God does things right. Did a little home project in these last couple of days while I was off. And I figured sure, I'd leave some little old goof or blimp that I could look back in a day or two. And I may find it yet, but when I got done this afternoon, I was kind of proud of myself, but it looked halfway decent. And I may go back tomorrow and find the little scratch or the dent that I left. But when, a lot of times when I do things, I'll goof up. i make mistakes. I overlooked things I should have seen. But when God does something, he does it right. Yes, now, Are you hearing me? You may be here tonight, and you may feel like it. you're just not in God's will. And you may not be. But know this, when he saves you, he did it right. You're still saved. You can't lose that. And your name is still on the books. And you'll still hear it called. Does that mean you will not have heartache? Does that mean that you won't enjoy your salvation if you're not in his will? David said, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. You know who the most miserable, miserable person on earth is? It's the one that's not in God's will. It's the one that's not doing what God wants him to do. That's the most miserable person on earth. And you never will find the peace or the happiness out in the world that you will find Whenever you're in the center of God's will. You know. I know. We know. Many things. About tomorrow. I don't seem to understand. But I know. Who holds tomorrow. And I know. Who holds my hand. I know. I know. My name is there I know I know my name is written there you go home tonight and be glad that you know